0: according to bloomberg and kotaku ubisoft is shopping itself around but the potential buyers probably aren't what you're expecting or even hoping for good morning good monday morning to you let's act like it's thursday deal I'm Shane Satterfield from Sifted, and this is Good Morning Gaming for April 25th, 2022. If you'd prefer to consume the show the way it's intended, in a podcast feed so you can listen on your phone as you get ready for work or on your commute, head to patreon.com sifted and drop us a pledge. It's free on our YouTube channel for everyone else, but you're going to have to watch some ads. You can find our flagship show Game Face by searching your favorite podcast service. Please give the show a review if you can. It makes a big difference for us. So according to Bloomberg, multiple private equity firms are eyeing the purchase of Ubisoft. Additionally, Kotaku sources say the company is auditing its books as if a sale is inevitable. A big reason why is that Ubisoft's stock price is extremely low right now. It hasn't released a new big hit in quite some time, making it vulnerable and ripe for the picking. Details of Bloomberg's reporting include that the two biggest private equity firms in the world... Blackstone, and KKR and & Company have been studying Ubisoft and have preliminary takeover interest. Bloomberg also claims that the company hasn't yet entered into any serious negotiations with potential acquirers. Ubi's stock price was over $110 a share in July 2018, but now it's lost well over half its value at just $41 per share. The Guillemot family is currently estimated to own 15% Of its almost 5 billion market cap. The interesting thing here is that Ubisoft formerly defended itself from a takeover by Vivendi back in 2018 when the stock was at that much more inflated price. This means that either Yves Guermont and family are growing tired of running the business, its future projects aren't shaping up to be something disruptive, or that Ubisoft has just succumbed to the market. More likely, it's a mix of all three, but Charlie Guimon just left the company and is likely not interested in taking over the family business. Kotaku is reporting that the next Far Cry, Ghost Recon, and full-fledged Assassin's Creed games remain further out than Ubisoft had previously planned. Kotaku reached out to Ubisoft for comment and it basically replied with a statement tailor-made to generate interest in a potential sale, downplaying its self-output of late. It reads, quote, we don't comment on rumors or speculation. Ubisoft has unmatched creative and production capacities with more than 20,000 talented people collaborating across our global studios on game development. Thanks to them and to our long-term approach and appetite for taking creative risks, we have built some of the industry's strongest proprietary brands and have many promising new brands and projects on the horizon. We also have one of the industry's deepest and most diverse portfolios cutting-edge services and technologies, and a large and growing community of engaged players. As a result, we're ideally positioned to capitalize on the rapid industry growth and platform opportunities that are emerging right now. End quote. So yeah, that's basically Ubisoft telling potential investors that now is a great time to buy and to ignore all the red flags around the publisher right now. The thing is, a potential purchase by a private equity firm is not what everyone is or was expecting. Instead of being purchased by Sony, Microsoft, or Nintendo, where it would conceivably create exclusive games for that platform, a private equity firm is hoping it can buy the publisher, see its fortunes rise, and then sell it. It wouldn't be a sexy sale, but it sure would be profitable if handled correctly. And now for a couple more stories from the top of your sifts. Sony is hiring for the PC space, The ongoing experiment with releasing its first party exclusives a year or two later on PC has gone extremely well, and it looks like Sony isn't backing down. This strategy has clearly done well for the company, and the latest sign of that is a job listing for Senior Director of PC Planning and Strategy at PlayStation Global. This new role shows a long-term commitment to PC, but it doesn't mean that we should expect PC versions to launch day and date with PlayStation releases. There's still a lot of confusion around how PlayStation Plus' new three-tiered plan will work for existing PlayStation Plus subscribers. You know, people like us. This weekend, some fears were put to rest when customer service correspondence between a consumer and PlayStation emerged. According to the exchange, you can upgrade to a higher benefit plan at any time. But you'll need to pay the prorated difference between your current plan and the new plan. Essentially, PlayStation does the complicated math, and charges you a fair value for your new, improved PlayStation Plus subscription. The easier, the better. We also got word this weekend that the new system will launch June 13th in the U.S. and June 22nd in Europe. Koei Tecmo has boosted the base salary for its employees by an impressive 23%. Bandai Namco and Capcom recently made similar moves after issuing record-setting financial reports. This amounts to around an extra $500 per month on average per employee. Unlike a lot of American companies that complain about unfilled jobs while refusing to increase pay, Japanese companies are creating initiatives to legitimately attract and retain staff. Alternatively, scores of American companies use their record profits to buy back stock and award bonuses to executives, while at the same time increasing the cost of their goods and services to consumers, blaming it on inflation. It's a stark difference between the two cultures. Infinity Ward's Twitter profile has seemed to hint that the announcement of the next Call of Duty is imminent. It posted what appeared to be a black banner, but when lightened, it features prolific Modern Warfare character Ghost. This would jive with the leak stating that the new game is a reimagining of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Prominent Call of Duty leaker Ralph's Valve claims that the reveal will happen April 30th. If he's correct, it's not much longer to wait. It better be great, because we're reportedly not getting a new Call of Duty in 2023, unless you count Warzone 2. Ubisoft is doing a lot more than just getting its books in order for a potential sale. It's also still developing video games, and this weekend, its new arena brawler dubbed Project Q was leaked, when some players uploaded footage from a private early access period. Instead of denying the leaks, Ubisoft embraced them, and opened up signups for a closed alpha. Project Q is not a battle royale brawler, though it does have some similar elements. Interestingly, Ubisoft specifically mentioned that it will not have any sort of NFT integration. You can register for its upcoming beta tests at Ubisoft.com. Eve Online is set to increase its monthly charge for the first time since 2004. CCP says the price increase, quote, reflects global trends impacting general production costs and accounts for years of inflation. The extra revenue will be spent to continue investing in EVE Online's evolution and growth, end quote. The monthly subscription cost jumps from $15 to $20. Three months goes from $39 to 48. dollars Six months from 72 to 87, and a full year from 131 to 150 dollars. This may seem like a lot, but can you think of anything else that hasn't increased in price in the last 18 years? A month or so ago, we discussed the potential of a Lego SNES or a Lego N64, but the company is going back farther than that. The Lego Atari 2600 has been announced to celebrate the console's 45th anniversary. The playset will feature a buildable Atari VCS deck with a scene from Activision's seminal hit, Pitfall. It launches this August for $200, which is more than the real Atari 2600 launched for back in 1977. The LEGO version of the classic console is not a working piece of hardware. Let's take a break and when we come back we'll tackle today's boss fight. To today's boss fight where i tackle topics that may or may not be related to video games back when i was a pre-teen gaming and comic book ip used to be so new that i never really wondered when i'd burn out on it but now there are hardcore enthusiasts like me around my age and i think we might be able to ascertain a tolerance level for the same characters and universes before fatigue starts to set in for the record This just happened for me with Marvel. The new Thor trailer came out, and I watched it once, had very few thoughts on it, and moved on. This is insane. I have been a fan of Marvel since, I don't know, I was like 7 or 8 years old? Maybe younger. What really hooked me on Marvel was the Secret Wars comic book series, the limited series, from 1984. It was a crazy concept back then, the Beyonder grabs a huge crew of villains and heroes from the Marvel Universe. He takes them to this far-flung universe planet and plops them down and just basically says, fight to the death. The Battle Royale before there was Battle Royale. It was, to my young eyes and brain, amazing. <laughs> it was what I had always wanted but never realized that I wanted. It It answered So many questions of who would beat who in a fight that my friends and I had talked about for years and years. It was dramatic. It was over the top. It was full of twists and turns. And in hindsight, if you go back and read it now, it was pretty dumb. (laughs) In fact, it's really insane if you go back and read it now. The twists and turns in that thing make no sense. There's very little reason for a lot of the things that happened, but I was so young and It just, it is stuck with me till this day. It is still, to me, the most memorable comic book series that I ever read. And that's saying something, because I read a lot back in the day. It also, consequently, is one of the best-selling comic book series of all time. So, apparently I wasn't alone, and it wasn't just me being a kid and being overcome with the spectacle and the awe of Marvel's biggest heroes, battling Marvel's biggest villains in a huge war. My little brain back then could never fathom what I ultimately got in 2019 with End War. If you had asked me for my wildest descriptions of what those massive skirmishes between Marvel's heroes and villains might look like in a movie, (laughs) it pales in comparison to what was actually delivered. But when I finally did see it, and I was blown away by it, I'm not going to deny it. It also felt like an end to me. After living with those characters for the previous 40 years almost, I feel like I've finally reached my limit of interest. Now to be fair, the same could be said about some of my favorite video game franchises. I do not like Mario and Zelda so much anymore because they're games set in the Mushroom Kingdom or Hyrule. I still revere them though because they present opportunities to look at video game design and gameplay in new and unique ways. Barring some new way to tell stories via film, movies simply don't have those extra elements to keep my interest. And to be fair, while Mario still stands head and shoulders above other platformers, Zelda has kind of been out by franchises like Assassin's Creed. But let's get back to what I want to talk about today, which is how I have figured out there's a certain point in your life where you do reach a burnout point. Where your, I hate to say it, where your F's to give have kind of run out. And that was what I reached when I watched this new Thor trailer. Now look, it looks fine. It looks funny. It's weird that Thor has ended up becoming like this stand-up comedian of the Marvel Universe. But look, it looks great. I like the female Thor But I have no interest to go see that movie in a theater. None. I will be more than happy to wait however long I have to wait for it to appear on HBO Max or on Netflix or more likely on Disney Plus in today's environment. And why? I love Thor. I thought I loved Thor. Do I not love Thor now? It's not that. It's that I have had enough of Thor. I read his comics in the 80s. I've consumed so much Thor content in general. I just played Marvel's Avengers where Thor was a huge character in that. I am just thor the F out. And it's not just Thor. I'm reaching this point with a lot of characters. Not just from Marvel, but just a lot of characters in general. And I believe I have found the hilt, the limit that one person will eventually reach if they have been inundated with Pop culture icons for X amount of time. And I believe it is around 35 years. I think I have discovered it. But it takes special conditions. It takes a saturation of these characters. Now, Matt always likes to say on Game Face when I bring up the idea that maybe the industry is being saturated with Marvel films, he always says there aren't that many. And he is right. There are only three or four Marvel films a year, but that's a lot. Can you think of any other subject matter that has three or four movies a year? Could you imagine if, like, the WWE had three or four movies based on it per year? Or a professional sports league had three or four movies based upon it per year? Now, there are some years, I think, where the NFL may hit that number, actually. But they're more like documentary films. They're not, non- they're not fiction, sci-fi, where you're in control of the narrative. And I have just reached the point where I think End War was my end war because I had finally received what I had wanted and wished for ever since those days as like a seven or eight year old in the magazine store, back when magazine stores existed, reading the Secret Wars comics that I couldn't afford to buy. And so I'd have to sit there and read them in the newsstand. And how I would have killed for a theatrical representation of what happened in those comics. And then finally, in 2019, I got it. And it was glorious. And again, it was better than anything I could have imagined back in the 80s when I was reading those comics. Way better. It looked way better. The writing was way better. I mean, honestly, the series of films destroys the Secret Wars comics. And it just felt like once I finally got what I had been Asking for for all these years, it was almost like a sigh of relief. I went through a lot of my life wondering if I was the only one who loved Secret Wars. I wasn't so into comics that I knew which comics were selling really well. I didn't have a ton of friends that were into comics, but the ones that I was friends with, they loved Secret Wars. But as I grew older, I didn't talk about comics with people all that much to understand if other people cared as much as I did. And as it turns out, they did. (laughs) There were adults reading Secret Wars that loved it just as much as I did as a little kid, obviously, as evidenced by its sales. So I do wonder if there are other people around my age who grew up as, let's be honest, as a nerd, someone who loved comics, who loved video games, if they're like me, have they reached this breaking point with certain characters? And it is certain, it's not all of them, but... A lot of these Marvel characters have been in I don't know how many movies now. I can't even keep track of everything that's happened with all these characters. You almost have to be a scholar on these films to remember everything that's happened between every character. I don't. And yet still, I feel as if I've reached my burnout point. So... This is a problem that not many people have. My generation is really the first generation where something like this could actually happen. And so I understand there's a lot of people who listen to Good Morning Gaming, who are much younger than me, who may be sitting there right now saying, you're crazy. And what I'm telling you is that you're a lot like me, or you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. And you are going to go through the rest of your life as I have. And I'm just telling you, get ready for that 35 to 40 year benchmark because you're going to have to find yourself some new heroes thanks for listening to good morning gaming i appreciate every single one of you who listens to gmg i'm shane satterfield and follow me on twitter at denfire and follow sifted at sifted games and when you're done with that Head on over to patreon.com sifted and drop us a pledge. The show will be back tomorrow, but until then, seize today, because there will never be another.